What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And of course, as you know, my name is Justin Thomas, but you can call me JT. And again, thank you so much for all of your support. I really, really do appreciate it. You can listen to this show exclusively on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and all of my links and platforms are there. You can also watch the full episodes and clips, behind the scenes, exclusive content at my YouTube channel. Just type in onairwithjt. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and everything is right there. And of course, if you are a business owner, a brand, a company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, my social media platforms, and my new podcasts that are launching this year, then send me an email. Of course, serious inquiries only. You can email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. You are listening to On Air with JT. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. Caution, you are listening to On Air with JT, a fully uncensored, raw, and unfiltered show. JT doesn't give a fuck. You are listening to On Air with JT, pop culture, news, rants, interviews, serious discussions that the mainstream media won't talk about, and so much more. This is On Air with JT. You are listening to On Air with JT. What's up, everybody? You are listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. Thank you so much for listening or watching. I really, really do appreciate it. Of course, my name is Justin Thomas, but you can call me JT. And like always, I'm here with my co-host, Madeline Haley Marquez. What's up, Maddie? Hey, what's up, JT? What's up, everybody? Oh, not much. Just chilling in my little... uh, makeshift studio <laughs> yeah just got done with the interview with Cohen McCaslin of some 41 looking crazy how'd it go it went pretty well he's a really nice guy genuine dude obviously very talented yeah so I appreciate the time you know he took out of his day to do the interview and of course we have the interview with Art uh, Alexis of Everclear later on today, but you know he's currently in Australia, so with the time difference and everything, that interview won't be up until later on tonight. Um, but yeah, still crazy. We have two inter- we had two interviews today. We have two interviews tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and two days from my birthday, I'm about to be 29. Like what the fuck? Uh, I don't even want to hear you complaining about being 29. I- I'm going to complain because it's my last year of my 20s. <laughs> this is my last month of my 20s. So I like 
I just don't care about your complaint right now. Like, talk to me in a year when you're about to turn 30. Motherfucker, you look 40. Motherfucker, shut the fuck up. Get back in your carton. <laughs> carton? Yeah, for your, for your eggnog. Oh, okay. That was good. That was pretty yeah. good. Thank you. Thank I'm you. actually kind of shocked. I mean, I'm quick sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. The rest of the time, I'm slow. That's what she said. Um, yeah, so, and also shout out to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for the amazing interview yesterday. If you have not heard that, go check it out. It's on all streaming platforms. It's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. The interview with Cole McCaslin of Sum 41 is up everywhere, same platforms. You can just head over to onairwithjt.com. And, uh, of course, you know, like always, you can watch the show, uh, full episode, uh, little clips, exclusive content, behind the scenes, whatever, at the YouTube channel. Just type in on here with JT. If you do have an account, I would greatly appreciate it if you could please subscribe. You can, uh, of course, listen to the podcast on all major streaming platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and 15 more additional platforms. You can just head over to onairwithjt.com and all of the platforms and links are there. You can also follow me on my social media accounts. I know it's a lot, but my Instagram is Justin Thomas Insta. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-T-H-O-M-A-S-I-N-S-T-A. You can follow the show at onairwithjt on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, On Air with JT, Facebook, Justin Thomas, Twitter, On Air with JT, YouTube, On Air with JT, Snapchat, Justin Thomas SC, TikTok, Justin Thomas TikTok. Again, I know that's a lot, so just head over to onairwithjt.com. All of the links and platforms are right there. Um, but I do mainly use my Instagram, Justin Thomas Insta. Um, if you are a business owner, a brand, or a company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, serious inquiries only, send me an email at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Once again, that's onairwithjt at gmail.com. And every uh, link platform, all the information that I just mentioned, like I said, is right over at onairwithjt.com. Maddie, where can people follow you and check out your awesome content? Uh, you can check me out on Facebook at Madeline Haley Marquez. It's M A D A L Y N H A L E Y M A R Q U E Z. And uh, Instagram is Madeline with two N's underscore Haley. And TikTok and YouTube is Lazy Eye 16. Okay, definitely go give her a follow. She puts out really good, inspiring content. Thank you. Yeah, of course. You know, I was so sick yesterday on yesterday's show. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think everyone's sick right now. Like, I mean, we're not in the same area, but I know like 10 people that I've talked to that said they're sick. It must be that time of year. Well, yeah, and I think I, I was also kind of like jet lagged and then I didn't sleep and then time difference. So I was like essentially up for over 30 hours. That lot. is way too long. Way too long. Yeah, it, was, it was too much. I, yeah, I need my sleep. 
you start like hallucinating at that point. Yeah, for real. Without like the the use of psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, just natural hallucinations you and know, delusions. When, when I was in uh, San Francisco the other day, I, w- I was walking down the street and like, dude was just like, you know, offering like, uh, like selling like acid and mushrooms on the street, like. <laughs> Uh, I like, love that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's such a vibe. <laughs> and just like pulled the pulled all pulled pulled it all out like on the street and shit. Like it's just a vibe. Like nobody gives a like, nobody gives a fuck. Cops really don't care. They they got bigger issues to, to deal with in San Francisco. Yeah, that's it's such a dream. Like I I can't wait to see that one day. Yeah, I, well the the good things about California. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like to take take a little tour, everything, yeah, everything that I can see. Yeah, like I said, you, you would like San Francisco. David would like it as well. Yeah, that's like I, I think that I want to if I could choose somewhere in California to go first. I think it would be L.A. Um, just so I can like see it. That's like my dream that I've I've had since I was like a teenager. Uh, and then, like, going to, like, Santa Monica Pier, that's, like, another dream. I know that's so basic, but, like... It's not yeah. It's not basic, but, yeah, I, I, I plan on going to L.A. for the first time this year, and obviously I'm making that move within, hopefully, a year. Definitely before I hit 30, I'm, I'm moving to L.A. Um, yeah. Like I said on the show, it, it's just a necessity. I, it's just what I have to do in order to do what I want to do. Yeah, it's definitely a necessity. Like I've been telling uh, David, my fiance, that I think um, I'm gonna have to move to like New York because if if you know he's not willing to go to LA, then we're gonna have to go to New York. I feel like Philadelphia, I can kind of get somewhere, but not where I want to be, you know, for myself and for my daughter. So it's like it's like major cities. It's like it's it's a necessity well, when you're trying to get into the Yeah, definitely. There's more opportunities in major cities, but in terms of entertainment industry and especially like how I want to get into acting, like I have to move to LA. Like, and that that kind of sucks. Like to a certain degree, that I have to move to a certain location if I want to have better odds and, and be able to like really give it a go like you, yeah i mean that's how that's how it works this. like like you can i just can, watched what we're gonna i just watched this uh like little i, f- I forget who the youtuber is but he kind of goes around uh la and uh i guess parts of like skid row and talks to homeless people he was homeless before and he talked oh to he, has a, he has a youtube channel full of videos of him doing this yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Know, I know who you're talking about. I forget his name. I, w- I w- want to give him a shout out, but yeah, he's a great, he's a great dude. Yeah, yeah. I, if I can find him, I'll tell you the name. But he was talking to this one guy, and he was a working actor, and now he's like yep, I seen homeless that one. I seen on the that street. One. Yeah, it's so sad. Like you could tell he's so intelligent. Yep. You know, yeah. all of them. Oh yeah, the videos, I've seen, I've know. seen some of them. I've seen people that were accountants, executives at companies. It's, uh, in- Making, Invisible you know, making people. six figures. Yeah, they, they are. They are. I mean, I've personally never had to deal with an, an unfortunate to be in a situation where I, I was literally on the street, literally. But yeah, I, I, just as being an empath and obviously just not being an idiot, you know, 
and just hearing people, you know, because I, I do like watch some of those kind of videos and things like that. And first of all, it's so heartbreaking. And second of all, they, they, they all say one thing that in common and they feel invisible. And that, that's so sad to fucking hear. Yeah, so I it's mean, a human it's, being. It's just part of like society that people don't understand and they don't want to yeah. you know they 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 can just walk past them and not even look at them or acknowledge them um and because i was once homeless myself i can i i more than acknowledge them like i can feel i feel like i can feel how they're feeling in that moment because i know what it what it's like and i've seen people like abuse homeless people and it's just the fucking saddest thing ever like you know, but one thing is walking past them and acting like they're not there. But then, like, to go as far as, like, spitting on them or, like, yelling at them, yeah, it's, it's just fucking crazy that's abuse. Yeah, but that's what his page is called, Invisible People. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, he has, yeah, he's definitely uh, a very influential person. And I want to, you know, I want to work with people that that uh you know work with people that are homeless and and run channels to create awareness yeah we should we should we should reach out i'm gonna reach out to him or that channel and see if maybe we can kind of get an interview i feel like that'll be a really good interview yeah i i think that would be really cool um definitely and i think that like since i'm in philadelphia right now um, I could take advantage of like being around an area that has a high high population of homeless community, um, and it's it's like right around the corner from where I'm living. You, there's a, a, a tent a tent uh, you know city location um, in multiple locations around here, and I I definitely feel like there's not enough coverage on it. Um, you know they not. only really. They only really talk about Kensington, but it's not just Kensington. There's homeless people everywhere in Philadelphia. Like they try to keep it out of the areas that are nice, but it's it's not there. It's not really working because, like they and normally the homeless people aren't trying to hurt any anybody or or really harm anything, you know. And um, there's you get to select few that are on drugs and and really mentally or ill, mentally, and yeah, mentally ill yeah. might be yelling or and you know and and it's understandably so. Like I can even you know I can relate so much to that uh, to the point where like I have stories upon stories that I could tell. Not right now. This is more for like I think the mental health. Um, you know show that we're gonna do but yeah. you know but uh yeah i i, I want to get something together for for the community out here um there's not much that i can do like with the income that i have right now but i know i can use my voice so that's definitely what i plan on doing i've had so many ideas me and david were talking about things and i don't want to say what it is yet because um, but I definitely do want to be held accountable for making, you know, a video about it within the next, you know, week or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all I want to hold myself accountable for right now, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, I always, always have used my voice for especially like homelessness problem and, and mental, you know, mental health. But, you know, now that I have like a little, you know, you know, funds to do stuff. You know, and again, I don't like to talk about it, talk about it like too much, but I do and try, I do try and help out some people as much as I can. 
you know, I, I, I try, you know, I, I try and be a good person because I know that, you know, I do know what it's like to be down on your luck, you know, you know, I, I've told this, yeah. I've told the story how, you know, I gave my last $5 that I had to my name, literally, to a homeless guy. And my uncle, like, gave me, uh, f- like, I think a $5 bill later on that night. Because I said I want, uh, like, asked him for five bucks. And he gave, he gave it to me. I went and something told me to get a $5 scratch ticket. And I won a thousand bucks. Holy shit. Yeah. And that was karma. Yeah, yeah but th- this is the thing. And, and I want to reiterate to people like, you know, it's a great thing to be charitable and, and, and help people, but you have to do it for the right. And you have to have the right intentions. You know, you can't be doing you can't like help out a homeless person or, for an example and be like, yeah, I did that. So I should get some good karma. Or, or something like that. Yeah, you I, need, you need to do that shit out of the the, the kindness and the you know you, the the purity of your heart and your soul, you know, with no with nothing in in return of expectations. I don't know if I would be the way that I am right now about homeless people if I wasn't homeless myself because I was raised like kind of in a in a way where like maybe that maybe like if I didn't go through the struggles I did in my life, I don't think I would have had the opinion on homeless people that I do now, because I know like my two sisters are very like, they're stuck up and they're, they're rude. And they're just, they only, they're in their own little bubble and they don't understand like mental illness or they want to act like it doesn't like exist. And um, even though like one of them is a counselor, but I'm not going to get on that right now, but um, it's no, but they're, they're, I, 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 yeah, I'm not getting on that. But yeah, so they're, they're, they're different about it. They're like how Trump would be about it. And, and I'm not like that at all. And I, I you know, not to say like, I don't know, you know, Trump probably does something for homeless people sometimes, but I, I, I don't know. I, you know, what I, you know, the point I'm trying to make, but yeah. I, I feel like, you know, what I'm getting at is I am glad that I went through the struggles that I did because now I know what it's like to be in that position. And like, when I said like make a video about it, I mean, like, I'm probably just going to talk about like how I feel or something like that. I'm definitely not going to like record myself with anybody because, or try to interview anybody because I feel like that's like within the homeless, homeless community. I feel like that's something that I'm not prepared to do right now. And I feel like I would be better off just like maybe like talking about it or like going and, and I don't know, I was really thinking about trying to like collect like clothes and like jackets and stuff like that, because it's like really cold sometimes around here. Yeah. Like this week it's, it's pretty decent, but like last week it was like negative seven and like obviously there's no heat in the tents that they have and there's even people like sleeping on concrete obviously out here so yeah same thing same thing in san francisco i mean you walk around in san francisco and all you see is tents and it's so sad and then people want to say like well why don't they go to the outreach programs and then i think to myself like you think it's that easy half of these people don't even have ids you can't even go get get into a shelter without 
goat having an ID most of the time. And I know that's for how it is here where I'm at, Philadelphia. Um, there might be some like emergency ones that like you come in at like maybe like nine o'clock and then you have to leave by like 6 a.m. But that's not going to like solve homelessness. There's, there's not you know? enough space. No, there's, but there is, and there's ways. No, but there's, we there's can, not we, enough people they, that they, care. People can create the space and fix the problem. That that's yeah. that's the fucked up thing, is the fact okay. that yeah, the fact I'm glad that we're on the same page. We could do that, <laughs> you know. Not we personally. I I, I mean, no. I, I can't. I don't think one person. I mean, one person could if you know they had the money. But like, yeah. you know, it only takes one billionaire. Yeah, like the, the world, the government, whatever. Like we could fix homelessness we, we could fix all that shit yes it would cost money but it would make the world such a obviously a better place well he made a really good point uh the people that uh, the person that does in, invisible people um he said something like you know how they're spending so much money on the sweeps that they do with people's tents and they just take like you know, they give them like 10, 15 minutes to go and collect their items and whatever they can get within those 10 or 15 minutes is all they have. And then they, you know, take a backhoe and, and, and throw everything into a dumpster and then all their shit's gone. Like half of those people have all of their like documents in their tents, like all of their IDs, social security cards, you know how hard those things are to get. It's a process. It's not just like you can go print it out. Like, yeah. and and some people, people don't even think about that. Like there's people that, children or teenagers uh young adults that don't even know the process of getting your social security card or your id or your birth certificate again and and especially for the people that like like that don't even live in the same state like so say they're in california but their birth certificate is they're they're born in like let's say new york that's you can't just go to the the you know the office of vital statistics in the same state that you're at no it has to be the state you're born at so it's a whole different process people yeah. don't understand that shit they it's don't so teach, fucking they sad don't teach that you know there's a lot of things that should be taught in school that doesn't get taught like stuff like that, <laughs> you know, how to, how to manage your money. You know, people don't even know how to write a check. You know, people, yeah, don't, I, people like that things like this, you know, need to be taught in school. <laughs> I, I think that I don't, I don't have, I don't have the time in this podcast to talk about in this episode about how I feel about schools. And I think that there should be several different things that are taught in schools that aren't, and there should be things that are taken out that are completely useless that people yeah. don't need. And it's and ironic. Um, it's a, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's ironic. You know, I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and Massachusetts is ranked number one, and it and has been for years as literally the number one state for best for education. I just want to clarify something real quick. Uh, I don't mean if there's anybody listening that's like a parent or if there's like a, a teenager that listens, like that doesn't mean that I don't think that you shouldn't go to school. Like obviously education is oh, so important. Yeah. I don't think that. The only reason that I'm saying about school is because I homeschool my daughter and I just think about it in that aspect because that's my opinion. Um, I don't think that if, you know, if, if you want your child to go to school, obviously that's, that's a great thing and school can also do a lot of good things things for you know people and children and, and it did for me you know I know that the school that I went to helped me 
But um, my views now are just the only reason I homeschool my daughter is really uh, safety concerns. And also, I don't like everything that's being taught in schools nowadays. Um, but yeah, that that's that's really how I feel about schools. And I don't know how it veered into that topic, but it was something I was passionate about and just went on a rant about it. My bad. No, nah, don't be don't don't say my bad. I I like I like when we go on, you know, random rants and you know things yeah. like that. It, yeah, it's, it's it's needed because like I know that if I feel that way, not if <laughs> because there's a million people that homeschool their kids, maybe probably more in in this whole world than a million. Um, but like it's just it's just really it's really sensitive topic personally, like just in my own personal life because um, if you do homeschool your child or if you've been homeschooled yourself, you know that there's definitely a stigma against homeschooling and that that people want to say that homeschooled kids are weird and um I fucking I hate that I hate that shit because that's not something that like that is fact because I don't think I don't think they're weird but I do think if uh, if someone is homeschooled their entire you know you know you know school years especially during like formative years they they are they can miss out on certain you know social thing cues and and, and you know experience certain things then if you're kind of a little you know not saying that everyone that homeschooled is completely isolated but i do know personally people that have been homeschooled and how isolated they were and then how it trans transpired into them being very naive about how the world is because they had a false perception of life in the in war in, in like the world yeah i mean there's uh, a lot of people that that would 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 call themselves uh, new aged homeschool moms, and there's like a huge community of people that talk about that. And I completely agree with that. There can be so many things that are missed out on if you homeschool in a way that neglects your child of interacting and socializing with other children, uh, their age, and. And that's why, like, I encourage people that do want to homeschool their children to sign them up for as many programs and join as many groups about homeschooling that you can. Because um, I I do remember feeling isolated at times when I was homeschooled. Um, it was definitely a feeling that was very lonely. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I do have a lot of siblings, but they are a lot older than me you know the oldest one is like almost 15 years older than me so it's like it was just a weird life because I was sick all the time I had to get homeschooled some sometimes um a, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the time I, I, I can kind of rela- I can kind of relate and we'll definitely talk about this in the mental health you know awareness show yeah like, you know in terms of my education and how I was you know my childhood and, and you know even up until like high school you know was so crazy you know my education got fucked up so much because I would you know be getting kicked out of schools or 
I, I never got held back, but I, I would get kicked out of schools or I would, you know, be in the hospital or, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, I was in, in, a, in a program because I was sick. So, like, I, I lost out on a lot of education that is taught in, in schools, especially in, in, in America. So the fact that I, I graduated high school is pretty fucking shocking um, because, like, I, liter <laughs> I literally, you know, missed out on, a, like, a lot. Um, well, no, I have, I have to, I have a different story with that. Like, I, I'm so grateful that I, I was able to get the education that I did because I know that, like, my mom, like, she, like, dedicated, like, her life, quit her job because I was, I was so sick all the time. And if I didn't have a teacher at my house, it would be, like, my mom teaching me and helping me with stuff. So I remember getting that. I just remember, like, losing out on just a lot of time with friends. Yeah. No, I, I can definitely relate relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> but we here now. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Motherfucker, we made it. Oh god. Yeah, man. And it it, it really did uh, provide us with this platform, didn't it? Yeah, and definitely, you know, perspectives and point of views on uncertain things and everyone, you know has a different perspective and, and point of view on, on things, but some people experience more than others. Some experience a lot more, you know, situations or trauma early on in life rather than some people who experience it later on in life. Um, so, you know, for me personally, you know, I experienced a lot of trauma and, you know, fucked up shit you know, growing up. So I do have a different perspective and point of view on a lot of different things because I have experienced a lot of things that a lot of people haven't experienced. I mean, obviously there are people that ha have similar experiences, but, you know, just it obviously, you know, in, in a some way, you know, shaped, you know, and defined my character and who I am as a person, you know, made me who I am today to be able to have a platform and talk about my experiences and share my story and hopefully inspire people. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I used to like ask myself like why, like when I was a lot younger before I like went through therapy and before I uh, like came to realizations about things, I would ask myself like, why would I have this like illness? Like why would I have all these problems? I don't understand. Like, why? If there's like a, a, a God, then why? And I literally like lost like the ability to like care about shit. And then like through growth and therapy and like trying to be like as motivated as possible, I realized it was to help other people understand why they're going through what they're going through. Like it's a, it's a whole purpose, you know? I, I was just going to say that. Like I, I, it took me a long time to realize this, but you know, I, I truly solely believe that my purpose, you know, obviously I, I do have some, you know, gifts and, and, and skills or talent, or whatever, that will give me a platform. But, you know, I, I do feel like my purpose is to share my story and experiences and help people and hopefully inspire them um, that, you know, you can go through 
the worst of the worst, you know, you can overcome any obstacle, any roadblock, any rejection, any no, abuse, trauma, you know, it's not easy, but, you know, I, I truly believe that my mission is, is and my purpose is to inspire people and, and show people, and especially when I, when I do make it, quote unquote, you know, it'll be more of a prime example of like, damn, if he went through all of that shit and still was able to accomplish his dreams and goals, then I can do that. And if I can set like that flame in people, that's a very fulfilling feeling to me personally. Like that's better than, you know, getting millions of dollars or whatever. Like to know that I can inspire people, you know, because of what I dealt with. And, and, and you know, that that's a great feeling. Yeah, and I feel like I uh, used to want to have like um, some type of notoriety because I wanted to like prove myself to like my family, prove myself to all my friends, you know, like I'll show you, but like, I don't know, like I, I lost it. I lost the want or need to like, you know, help anybody to help myself and I just like went down this like destructive like crazy path and then uh like coming out of it and doing the first video about like my mental health and it it, like made me realize like why do I care about like what people think like why do I care to prove myself to anybody I just need to do it like for myself and for my child and for my little family that I have now um, all the outside noise doesn't matter. And I just learned to like, I don't know, quiet that like voice in my head that told myself like, you'll never, you'll never like, like you said, like, quote unquote, make it like what, you know, what is make it like, is it like a making a certain amount of money? I think every, having a certain everyone, amount of followers? everyone has their own, you know, definition of making it or being successful or whatever, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, once, in my opinion, like making it, like my dream of making it would be like, I just, I just don't have to worry about like money at all. Like, I don't have to worry about like what I'm going to do to pay a bill. If, if once that is, once I have financial freedom, I will have the need and desire to, to do more uh, and, and help more people. And I'd have more resources to reach out to more people and to spread more awareness on all the topics that I'm passionate about. Yeah. You know, same here. Same here. I got like a frog in my throat this episode. People are going to be like, what is she like fucking high? Like, <laughs> yes, off of weed, but I also have a frog in my throat. <laughs> frog in my throat. The ribbit. Ribbit, <laughs> ribbit. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about now. And now I'm just thinking about is Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Wait, what's oh Princess and the Frog? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was right? gonna say what's what are you talking about? High Princess moment. and the Frog, High fucking moment. Tiana, or what? I think that's. Her, I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know if that's her definitely her name, but she's the beautiful woman in the green dress with the frog. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. 
But yeah, man, we, we got big things coming. Uh, like I said, you know, we have the Art Alexis of Everclear interview uh, today. Uh, Stephen Page, former uh, lead singer, frontman of Beer, Na- Beer Naked Ladies, BNL. Uh, Bryce Soderberg of Lifehouse. Brian Vander Ark of The Verb Pipe. Todd Morse of The Offspring. Ryan Dusick of Maroon 5. Patrick Carney of the Black Keys, Jacques Kumo of Simple Plan, Will Hunt of Evanescence, Corey Britt of Bush, Douglas Robb of Hoobastank, Kevin Martin of Candlebox. Uh, pending interviews is Carlos Vertigo of Sublime with Rome, Jared Watson of Dirty Heads, Eric Wilson of Sublime with Rome, Sublime uh, Spray Allen. Uh, Gavin DeGraw, CeeLo Green, Travis McCoy, Gashi, Glav, and more. We got a lot. Woo! That's how I feel about that. I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. There's a lot of big things coming, you know. Yeah, I don't know why my voice was so monotone when I said I was excited, but I'm, like, definitely super excited. I think it's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I just, I still can't believe it. All, all these people that, that you're talking to and, you know, making good conversation with, like, Scott Shriner's uh, interview was so cool, I can't stop thinking about it. It was, like, so cool to, to, to hear about somebody that, like, I feel like I could, like, really relate to, um, and he's, he's, like, obviously a dude and much older than not, I mean, you know, he's, he's older than me, but we have, like, a similar, <clears throat> like, you know, I did not know he was in a cover band, and that, like, blew my mind, because it's, like, well, duh, everyone started from somewhere, but exactly. it's just dope, you know, his, his, his story is pretty cool. Yeah, no, definitely, and he was so nice and genuine, so shout out to him. Um, yeah, he seemed like it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, uh, we're going to wrap up today's show. Um, I'm not really feeling that well today and I got an interview later on. Um, but what I'm going to do is, you know, after we end this segment of the show, I'm going to play the interview that I did with Cohen McClassling of some 41. Um, okay. so if you are, a cool. business, cool. it's yeah, it's a great interview and I want to make sure that people definitely, uh, have the chance or opportunity to listen to it. Because uh, we had a great conversation, so shout out to Cone. Um, again, if you're a business owner, brand, company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, you can email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. You can watch the show at YouTube, type in onairwithjt. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, my social media accounts, handles, the platforms and links to listen to or watch the show or to get in contact with me contact with me directly is all at onairwithjt.com that's onairwithjt.com maddie where can people follow you uh you can follow me on instagram at madeline m-a-d-a-l-y-n-n underscore haley h-a-l-e-y on facebook madeline haley marquez and on TikTok and YouTube, it's Lazy Eye 16. Check out my reels about my life. It's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, hope you go check it out. Hell yeah, definitely go give her a follow. 
anything you want to say before we wrap it up? I know today's sh- uh, show was kind of short, but you know we have a lot going on, and, and tomorrow's show is, is definitely going to be really, uh, really good and, and much longer. Um, no, just keep swimming, you know. Yeah. One foot over another. Keep, oh, keep that's my time. Exactly. Keep doing your thing. Thank you to everybody that's shown love and keeps supporting us, me, Maddie, David, the show. Thank you so much. We really yes. appreciate it. Thank you. Guys you are awesome. Uh, once again, if you're interested in advertising on this podcast, email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Uh, or you can just go to onairwithjt.com, and that has all my links and platforms. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and check out my exclusive interview with Colin McClaslin of Sum 41. Have a great day. The motherfucking JT way. Yes, sir. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And of course, as you know, my name is Justin Thomas, but you can call me JT. And again, thank you so much for all of your support. I really, really do appreciate it. You can listen to this show exclusively on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and all of my links and platforms are there. You can also watch the full episodes and clips behind the scenes, exclusive content at my YouTube channel. Just type in onairwithjt. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and everything is right there. And of course, if you are a business owner, a brand, a company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, my social media platforms, and my new podcasts that are launching this year, then send me an email. Of course, serious inquiries only. You can email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. You are listening to On Air with JT. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. Caution, you are listening to On Air with JT, a fully uncensored, raw, and unfiltered show. JT doesn't give a fuck. You are listening to On Air with JT, pop culture, news, rants, interviews, serious discussions that the mainstream media won't talk about, and so much more. This is On Air with JT. You are listening to On Air with JT. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT, and I have a very special interview with Cone McCaslin of Sum 41. How are you doing, Cone? Uh, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great, man. That's good to hear. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show and do this interview. I really appreciate it. Uh, No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, you're a legend. <laughs> um, so I guess to start off, you're, you're from Ontario? Yeah, we're from uh, Ajax, Ontario, which is kind of like a you know small suburb of Toronto. Okay. 
I, I was just asking because, you know, I, I personally, I, I've only been to Canada once when I was very, very young, and I plan on going to Canada very soon. And I actually want to check out Toronto. Do you have any, like, you know, oh, yeah. special recommendations that I, like, check out or any places that I go to? Yeah, I mean, you could do the the obvious tourist touristy places like the CN Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool amusement park called Canada's Wonderland if you if you have kids or whatever, um, or you know even adults love it too. Yeah. Um, and then there's you know like the bar like the the bars uh, to check out would be like you know the Horseshoe Tavern or the Bovine. Okay. Um, those are kind of places that I kind of have been going since I was legal to drink. So. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's a bu- bunch of good restaurants too, but I, you know, forever changing hands, so I don't even know what's still open. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, you know, no, but yeah, you, and there's also like Toronto Island. You can take a ferry across to the island, which is cool. Oh wow, that is cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, thank you for the recommendations. I appreciate it. Um, so I gotta ask you, what are some of your your early music influences? Like, what really got you into music? Like, was there like was there a couple artists or bands, or was it a mix of different genres? Or yeah, I, I think what really got me in the music was um, well, like I guess it was the summer of 1994, and I was going we were going to high school, and I lived in this court in Ajax, and and my, beside me was a uh, who's still my best friend Ryan, and across the street from me was still one of my best friends Ian. Um, they both got electric guitars and they were just kind of like starting to screw around on their guitars. Mm-hmm. And uh, then my friend up the street, Matt, he, he was the drummer in elementary school in the school band. So he bought the set of drums. So they were kind of planning on starting this band. And I was like, well, wait a second. <laughs> I want to be in the band. Right. And they're like, well, we have two guitars. We have a drummer. I guess the only thing we were missing is a bass guitar player. And I was like, okay, I'll... I'll be a bass guitar player not knowing anything about the bass guitar because you know, back in this was 1994 so the internet the, there's no internet yeah so i couldn't just go and google bass guitar yeah exactly. um, so i had to like i went and bought a bunch of magazines oh wow and uh researched on a bass guitar <laughs> and then I, I like begged my mom to go up to like the local music store and buy a bass um so i got this like really cheap 200 dollar albigas uh black bass um and at the time we were basically really into nirvana um, for for like a reason of like you know it smells like this Teen Spirit had come out and it was blowing up and we started figuring out that you know a lot of Nirvana songs especially on guitar um, were four chords or three chords mm-hmm. um, so we're like wow that that seems like a good starting point because like you know we could actually figure them out on our own and play them um, yeah. before long we we could actually play Nirvana songs so Nirvana was big for us. Um, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., all that whole like uh, kind of grunge thing that was happening at the time, we were really into, and uh, you know, and then it kind of escalated from there. Yeah, I can only imagine that must have been a crazy era because it's funny that you mentioned '94. That was the year I was born, so you know, uh, oh. <laughs> and I, I just love you know, obviously like you know '90s alternative and 2000, early 2000s. You know, that's kind of my thing, but. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So you, um, so when did you guys start? When did you officially form the band? Uh, well, I was in a, so this is what happened. We all kind of we all went to like Derek, Dave, uh, Steve, and I. And we all went to different elementary schools in Ajax, okay. and then we all kind of ended up ended up at this one high school. But we were all in separate bands. Okay. Um, Dave, Dave was in a metal band. Derek was kind of in the same kind of band I was in, like kind of like this grunge kind of nirvana ripoff band um 
and uh, Steve was a year younger, so he came up later and was in a different kind of like thrash metal band. And then by 1996, Steve and Derek um, uh, formed Sum 41 after going okay. to a Warp Tour. And then members kind of came in and out, and Dave joined. I think they asked their guitar player left in 1997, and they asked Dave to fill in, and Dave ended up joining. And then 1998, they got to a van crash, and their bass player was driving, and he got freaked out and um, quit the band. And, and then they asked me to fill in for shows, too, at the end of 1998. And then uh, by, I don't know, spring of 99, I was basically just – I joined the band because – the band I was already in, like the, the singer Ryan, he was he, he just didn't like playing live. Mm. So he just he was content to like sit in the basement, smoke weed, drink beer, and and just play. Um, whereas like I was like me and the drummer Matt were like, well, we want to play shows. And yeah, like, I exactly. don't want to play shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he didn't want to play shows. So some forty one was very like you know Derek and and Dave and Steve. They're very like into playing shows and they're very driven and they wanted to they wanted to keep progressing and stuff so i was like i like this i want to play so i just joined i joined and joined them that's awesome and then so you guys got the deal with island records in 2099 or was it 2000 it was uh we actually like through the through the summer of 1999 into the fall we were we were being like labels were coming up and seeing us play in toronto all the time and then by i think we actually signed a, a deal in december of 1999 Okay, and I'm obviously assuming you guys got approached by almost every major record label. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, I, you know, at first we sent out a bunch of songs, like songs like "Summer" and all these other songs, and we got rejected by basically every record label. And then we made this wow. thing called an EPK, which is Electronic Press Kit, and we made we basically just filmed ourselves around our hometown causing shit. Mm. And like, um, and then we put the same songs over that video. I sent it out again and every label freaked out, wanted to come see us play. And it was the same songs that they had already rejected. And you, <laughs> came, they, you came up with that they, idea. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. You, you came up with that idea. Yeah, because we, we had a camcorder and we were filming ourselves anyway. Like we would film ourselves doing whatever we wanted to do. We were, we had squirt guns. We would, do drive-by squirt guns and, and they wow. like you are ahead people of, on the street. You were ahead of your time. We that that was brilliant. That, that was a brilliant marketing yeah, we strategy. Yeah, we were basically, we were kind of like jackass turned into before jackass. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, before like YouTube, right? Yeah. So we would, um, you know, we would egg houses and film it all. We were just causing, we were just, it was this very small town. So we just were causing shit everywhere and filming it. And our manager was, and we just discussed, like, why don't we make this into a little bit of an eight-minute video with songs over top? And, you know, and then labels loved it, and they all wanted to come see us. And, um, and yeah, basically every major label in America came up and saw us at least once. It, it, that, that must have been a great feeling. And, and did, did you think kind of just because how, just from kind of really from the initial start of the band to then – signing a deal or even getting to the point where you know labels are noticing you d- did you ex- uh, expect it to happen that fast or what did it kind of catch you off guard a little bit yeah i i think because we had gotten rejected um prior uh it was a little bit of a shock that all of a sudden every label wanted to come see us just because of this one little video um yeah, and I mean, we were, like, some 41, like I said, it was, like, 96 when it started. So there was a lot of playing and a lot of touring and then, you know, signed in 99. And then the first album, Half Hour Power, in 2000, we toured the shit out of that. 
Um, like we're never home. Um, so, you know, it was before Fat Lip came out, there was like, there was five years of the band um, doing stuff. So it wasn't to us. I don't think it was super quick, yeah. um, but I think, I think when all killer came out and exploded, I think we were all pretty shocked by it. Obviously um, we didn't expect Fat Lip to have such a big impact that it's had or it had um, till this day. I mean, so, I, yeah. I still listen to it. So it, it's, it's a great song. I mean, it's a great, great, al- great album. And, you know, did, did it, w- was there like a real defining moment when you, that initial like extreme success occurred was like, Oh shit. Like this is really happening. Like, like this. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember, I remember fat lip came out in maybe May, May or something. Or, or maybe even earlier. Uh, I think maybe All Killer came out in May. So I think the, the thing that we realized was Fat Lip um, got added to K-Rock in L.A. And okay. that was uh, apparently at the time, we didn't know anything about it because we're Canadian, but everyone was freaking out because that's a big thing. It is. Yeah. And if K-Rock adds it, if K-Rock adds it, there's a good chance everywhere else in, the, in America was going to add it. So mm. um, I think for us, the, the moment where we realized, well, for me anyway, uh, we were on Warp Tour that summer and we are on the whole thing. Okay. And we were on the side stage because we had already done the deal with Warp Tour prior to um, the album coming out. So we didn't, no one knew how big it was going to be. And mm. Warp Tour is like, well, you're a side, you're, you know, you have half hour power, but you're a side stage band. And so we played the side stage at Warp Tour that year. And I remember a couple of shows, um, or like maybe the first show we played, it was just slammed full of people. Like it was this little, little side stage. And and there were thousands and thousands of people trying to come and see us play because wow. we had just showed up. And uh, that's kind of what I – and all the bands out on the Warped Tour, too, were trying to see us play. And that's when I kind of – I think we all kind of realized, like, wow, this – I think <laughs> I think this <laughs> I think is happening. all right yeah. right now. Right? Yeah. That, that must have been a great feeling, definitely. Yeah, it was cool. It was – you know, it was cool because it was, it was unexpected. And, uh, and, you know, it was – we didn't – we never – we never uh, – asked to play the main stage like we just kind of kept our mouth shut and just played side stage the whole summer mm-hmm. and so the whole summer was a little it was pretty bonkers because um you know our album was doing really well and fat lip went to number one and blah 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 yeah, yeah it was an extreme success and and i read on so many different you know articles and things that you guys were performing over 300 shows a year <laughs> yeah well that year 2001 um when all killer came out and we released that lip and into deep. Yeah, we were just basically never home that year. Um, I so, mean, if you could imagine wow. 300 shows in one year, I think we were home maybe a combined total of one month, <laughs> um, but sp- spread out. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, but you know, we were 21 years old, so um, it was it was a lot of fun, and um, we could do it at that age. Yeah, but I'm sure it, it must have been a kind of like a blur now looking back. No, or like it was just so much, right? I mean, I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah, and I think, I think the funny thing about that year too was the, the album was exploding, the songs were exploding, everyone knew who we were all of a sudden, and we were still living at our parents' house wow. <laughs> because because we we didn't have any money. Like you know, like like the, there was no money. Yeah. It was, like we hadn't been paid for anything, and we were just doing everything. But you know, the, we were just kind of. Um, paying for stuff we were doing so we weren't really making any money so we would come off these massive tours i remember we were playing arenas over in england and 
all these big theaters in America, arena tour across Canada, and we'd go home and sleep in our parents' house. <laughs> the end of it. Wow, that that that's insane. I mean, it definitely paid off, but that that's crazy. Um, w- yeah. Was there ever like like a musician? I mean, you don't have to name their name or anyone or anything, but was it was it was, it, was there like a time where someone gave you some really good advice? You know about the music industry and you know especially early on when when you guys started to really blow up um i don't know i i i think i i value time um i don't know if there's specific like words said but i like value time we spent with um iggy pop we did a song with iggy pop in the mm-hmm. early 2000s um, so it's like just talking talking to these kind of people you know we um we collaborated with um DMC of Run DMC at the Alternative Press Awards. Uh, we we've done stuff with Tommy Lee, Rob Halford. Um, so like I, you know, I think just speaking to those kind of guys um, and hanging out and hearing what they have to say about stuff, and not not particularly like them saying one thing, um, just like hearing their stories about their you know what they've done in their career and just chatting like that that's valuable to me. Um, you know, people have said stuff to us probably in the early days i can't really remember Um, i'm sure there was people saying a bunch of stuff but i think it's just more hanging out Mm. and uh chatting with those kind of people that um that probably helped us a lot definitely and so in in 2011 you were asked to produce the rest of the album for my father and the hunt in the hunter is that correct yeah and then yeah 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 you guys received a, a juno award nomination for that right yeah so the yeah the strumbellas um the Strumbellas, who obviously have had a massive hit a couple of years ago, um, but I did their first record. I did the whole first record of oh. um, My Father and Hunter. I think it came out in like 2012. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I, I, I initially saw them. Uh, my friend Joanne, who was managing them at the time, she said, I got to come see this band in Toronto. So I we went to this really small little club, and there was probably five people watching them. And I, I loved them. Right away, I, I, I could tell that uh, Simon, the singer, could write really great songs he had a great voice the band was good so i told her that night i said i want to produce a couple songs like let's just let me try producing i'd never really done a lot of producing in my in my in my time but uh, i knew i could do it i i knew i knew what to do with that band so we did three songs and they turned out really great and then they were gonna they were gonna kind of use like three or four producers on the record like they were gonna do a couple songs with mm. a couple different people and at the end of the three songs they said, well, I, I think we just want to use Cone for the whole thing. And so I ended up doing the whole record. And it turned to go, yeah, and we got a, there was a Juno nomination, I guess, in there. That's awesome. Um, That's a great which accomplishment. Which they lost, but. I know, but still, yeah. just to be nominated and, you know, to be, you know, up for, you know, a Juno award, that's still an, a great thing, you know. Not many yeah, people, not many people can the, say I was that. Happy for the, I was happy for them because it was their first record and they were, also very green to it all right so they're very excitable about everything mm-hmm. um and then you know obviously later they had their big hits and stuff but. of course and, and out of all, all the shows um that you performed at was there like one show that comes to mind that was like the best night or best performance best venue i mean i know all shows are you know special but was there like one show in particular that that comes to mind that like was just a special performance or show. Yeah, there's. I think there's like two that I mean they and they weren't really. Um, I mean, obviously our 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 shows that we do on our own are special in their own way. 
Um, but I, 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 I pinpoint two shows that, um, that I still think back to, and they weren't typical shows. It was the 20th anniversary of MTV. It was in 2001. Again, we had just come out with Fat Lip, and they wanted us to open the show. And uh, so we asked Tommy Lee to come up and, and uh, do a song with us. And, and then after we got Tommy Lee said yes, then we got Rob Halford to come out. Wow. From Judas Priest. And so we basically did a little bit of fat lift. We went into uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn with Beastie Boys. Tommy came out for that. And then we did Shout the Devil from Motley Crue. And at the end, Rob Halford came out and did You Got Another Thing Coming with us all. And so that and that kind of changed things for us as well because fat lift was out and it was doing well. Yeah. And we were, you know, on the Warp Tour and we were doing okay. But for some reason after that show, because it was televised on TV and we had Tommy come out and Rob come out, it, things seemed to change for us. Like people all of a sudden really knew who we were mm-hmm. and we were really put on the map. So that kind of changed things for us. And the next one will be, I mean, and we did, like I said, we did some stuff with Iggy pop. And after we released that song, little know-it-all with him, um, we ended up being his backing band out of a bunch of different stuff, like a def- different awards ceremonies. And, and I remember we did um, the, La- the MTV Latin music awards with him in Miami. Okay. And we, it was it was amazing because we did our song, but we also did Lust for Life with them, and that was kind of uh, you know one of the better moments that I've had in a band in a long time, like playing Lust for Life with Iggy at the award show. So those are like two that I kind of think back to as amazing times, and they're both kind of not award shows, but like MTV kind of MTV kind of things. Still, yeah, that must have been just so surreal. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so what what are you currently working on? I, I know you got a radio show, and I kind of briefly want to talk about that before we end the interview, but are you working on anything um, in the, with music, or are you kind of just doing the radio thing right now? Yeah, no. Uh, some, as for Sum 41, we're still just, like, tidying up the and the ending pieces of our double album, which will be called Heaven and Hell. Okay, And awesome. uh, that'll come out, I don't know when, we... We okay. don't even have a record label for it, so we're we're still we're free agents. <laughs> so once the album's done, we'll kind of dive more into like who's going to put it out. Oh, so, um, so, so you guys are of, indie indie right now? We're we are we are on our own right now. Oh, I see. <laughs> Not okay. even indie. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, fully independent. Like basically, the definition of independent is on our own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. So that's being tied up there. It's kind of finished doing the finishing touches on that. Um, you know, I've already done my bass on it and guitars are done. Drums are done. Uh, and then the, the other thing I'm doing right now is I'm producing more producing. I'm producing a, um, a guy named Coster with a K okay. and, uh, we're doing, we're doing a couple songs. I did three songs from in 2020 and then I'm doing three more right now, awesome. two more right now. And, uh, so doing that and then obviously yeah my radio show cones cave which is on every sunday at 7 p.m so i i have to ask you what what made you get into radio just i'm just curious because you know i i uh i personally started podcasting in 2010 when i was 16 and when i was 18 i went to broadcasting school and i kind of wanted to get into a career of radio but then you know put quick kind of quickly realized there's really no money in it unless you know you're at a very big market and you're a big radio personality um, or, you know, 
you know, so I kind of decided to go, you know, stick with the podcasting route and acting and things like that. But what what made you get into radio? Were you always like kind of fascinated by that? Or was it just something that kind of came up with an idea one day? Yeah, there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I will say you're right. There's not a lot of money in it. I'm doing this for free. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I in the mid 2000s, there's a, there's a radio station in Toronto called 102.1 The Edge. Okay. And um, a guy was on it uh, by the name of Dave Bookman, who we called Bookie. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, but he used to he used to be like the, the afternoon guy, and he would always conduct interviews like live interviews on the radio and they were really great and i would go on it every so often and i'd even go into the station and we'd just chat on the radio together and then you know there was a time when he said you know you should you should come on my show like every week and do like 15 minutes we'll call it cone's corner and we'll just talk for 15 minutes every week i was like yeah yeah that's really cool and i was i was kind of really into the idea but at the time we had like chuck just had come out and we were really, really busy. I really didn't have the time to do it. Uh, so that just kind of fizzled out. Bookie passed away, and and then the pandemic hit, and I had some time on my hands, and I was like, you know, I was I'm really upset about uh, Bookie's death, and I was just remembering chatting with him all the time. He's a great dude, and, and I was like, you know what? I, I, should, I should do this. I, I have time to actually try and get it together yeah. for two years over the pandemic. So I got like some little demos going of a radio show and I sent it around to a lot of different stations. And then there was a station close to where we grew up in Oshawa, which is only like two towns over from Ajax. Mm -hmm. And uh, they loved the idea and they, they gave me total freedom to do whatever I want, have whoever guests on I want. And it'd be for one hour, I could play whatever I want. And, uh, and it's been up and going since I think uh, May of last year. That's great. A am I able to listen to that? Is it, is it like, does it stream or can you listen to it on the, on the web, on the web, on the radio uh, station's website or is it only local only? Yeah, no, it's, it's live on 94.9 The Rock if you're in Toronto, like on the actual radio, but you can stream it. You go, you can just go on their website. It's therock.fm. And yeah, it's just basically you could stream it from anywhere in the world. Okay, definitely. And it's live. I'm going to have to it's check live. it out. It's live. The, the, yeah, the problem is we ha we haven't done a thing where people are like, oh, I missed it. How can I hear it again? You can't. <laughs> you, have to, you have to hear it at the time. Okay. It's Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, and that's it. <laughs> but okay. I do have all the episodes. Maybe I'll turn them into a podcast or something one day. I, I was going to ask you that. I mean, uh, did you contemplate? going the podcasting route before you kind of thought about the radio just because you know obviously monetary and just you know more freedom and whatever or did you contemplate doing that or was it more just like i just want to do radio now and maybe podcasting yeah i was i was i was i was really into the radio idea um and th as you know with podcasts you can't play full songs exactly it's like a, there's like a copyright thing so a big thing for me it wasn't necessarily like i wanted to talk and tell stories on the radio mm -hmm. which i do yeah but the big thing for me is i love i love djing our dressing room like I, I when we warm up for shows i'm the one that puts on all the music uh, after parties um it's normally me that puts on music or derek might sneak in there once in a while <laughs> but <laughs> but so i i love i love kind of like djing like i, I dj at bars once in a while Oh, the big thing awesome. for me was I wanted to I, I wanted to play the songs like yeah. I wanted to talk about bands and talk about songs and actually play them on a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I realized you can't do that because there's a copyright 
problem. Yeah. I actually used to do that back in like 2011 on like a live podcasting platform when it it really wasn't like, you know, illegal or maybe it was, but you know, you wouldn't really get in trouble at that time because it was just such early on in the podcast days. Um, but Cone, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can people check out your content? I mean, uh, where can people follow you on, uh, on social media? Do you have a website? And just want to make sure everybody can stay up to date. Obviously, they can follow Sum 41. Yeah, yeah. Sum 41, obviously, is, uh, you know, the Instagram is just Sum 41 and there's Sum41.com. Uh, me personally, I got conemccaslin.com and I also have my Instagram official Cone McCaslin. Um, and that's pretty much all I check. <laughs> okay. so, that's it. Cone, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I really do. And I wish you the most success and happiness this year and, and keep killing it, man. All right. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Cone. Have a great day. Okay, thanks. You too. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening or watching a brand new episode of On Air with JT. And of course, as you know, my name is Justin Thomas, but you can call me JT. And again, thank you so much for all of your support. I really, really do appreciate it. You can listen to this show exclusively on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and all of my links and platforms are there. You can also watch the full episodes and clips, behind the scenes, exclusive content at my YouTube channel. Just type in onairwithjt. Just head over to onairwithjt.com and everything is right there. And of course, if you are a business owner, a brand, a company, and you're interested in advertising on this podcast, my social media platforms, and my new podcast that are launching this year, then send me an email. Of course, serious inquiries only. You can email me at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Yes, sir. You are listening to On Air with JT. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. Caution, you are listening to On Air with JT, a fully uncensored, raw, and unfiltered show. JT doesn't give a fuck. You are listening to On Air with JT, pop culture, news, rants, interviews, serious discussions that the mainstream media won't talk about, and so much more. This is On Air with JT. You are listening to On Air with JT.